You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the bottom of the hour. We'll do our NFL big bets. Tyrrell Hatton is a man of the people. We'll play some audio from the Ryder Cup, but first... Jays trying to avoid the sweep at the hands of the Yankees this evening to talk about those Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Blue Jays and MLB columnist for Sportsnet on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to Shai Davidi. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm all right. What's going on? Um, Shai, just tell me there isn't for our older listeners, there isn't 1987 vibes around the Blue Jays right now. Oh, man. It's the second time I've heard this this morning. (laughs) Uh, People are going to dark places. I mean... (laughs) You know, they faced Michael King and Garrett Cole, who might be one of the most dominant one-two punches in all of baseball, right? It's not like they got beat by just, uh, you know, some, some mediocre right. Patrick Corbin? Uh, Sorry, I had to throw right. him out there. Yeah, and fair, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like, those are a couple really strong pitchers, and they they you would certainly have liked the, the offense to put a little bit more pressure on the Yankees, uh, but and you don't want to like tip your cap too much, but sometimes, sometimes you do have to tip your cap and uh, Michael King uh, for, you know, people may not know him or may only remember him out of the Yankees bullpen, but he's been for real for a while now and it's starting to really shine through and people are starting to notice. And, you know, Garrett Cole is quite obviously Garrett Cole. So uh, not a great day. The, the thing is, you know, the blue Jays are going to continue to, in all likelihood, get some help. You know, the Seattle Mariners have the Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers are looking to clinch. Uh, they've still got something to play for. Uh, you know, the Houston Astros are, are certainly not rolling into into the playoffs. And so, you know, the Blue Jays are still in a situation where, you know, three wins uh, locks it down and also uh, or some combination of three Blue Jays wins and Mariners losses also gets them in. So uh, still a couple pathways in and, and a tougher road for the teams that are, are chasing them. Um, Shy, uh, I want to get to the Blue Jays and look ahead that game against the Yankees and the Rays. But uh, on Blue Jays Central on uh, Monday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Tuesday night, I uh, had really interesting stats about uh, Rogers Center and a place that's supposed to be so hitter and home run friendly with the new dimensions. That really isn't the case. How surprised were you by some of the numbers you looked up? And if you can share those numbers with our listeners. Yeah, sure. It's uh, in a piece I ended up writing on Monday uh, during the off day. And there's definitely some interesting stuff because the expectation was the new dimensions were going to make the place play like a bandbox. And that really hasn't justified. So going into the series against the Yankees, the Rogers Center had uh, was the stadium with the second fewest runs scored in it this season and obviously six games to go but uh, it's only been eight runs so far so it's not exactly uh, you know inflating the total up the ladder so that that was really surprising uh even more surprising is that the in terms of home runs it was 24th in the major leagues only 168 there's uh been with three uh, in this series so far so uh, that isn't a huge number and the intriguing uh, figure that is that in terms of home runs gained based on the new dimensions there has been a net gain of 24 home runs so the there were 29 balls hit this year that left the yard that don't leave last year 
There have been five balls hit this year that were not home runs, but would have been home runs last year based on Satcast data. So that, that tells a really strange story because you are getting more home runs, but home runs are still down and the overall offensive environment is down significantly as well. Now, that could just be the Blue Jays are pitching really well uh, in part of it, or maybe it's the balls, or maybe it's a combination of things. Mm. But, you know, it's one year of data, so I think we have to kind of just keep that in mind and not necessarily blow it too far out of proportion. But it is telling an interesting story that there's been a shift in how the Dome's playing. Looks like it's going to be Chris Bassett tonight, Shy. Can you quantify just how good the breaking balls have been from Chris all season long? Yeah, I mean, not just that. I think when it's paired with the sinker, when he's able to locate that really well, then all of a sudden, okay, as a hitter, are you looking for the curveball? Are you looking for the slider? Are you looking for the cutter? Are you looking for the split? Are you looking for the change? Like, he's just throwing so much at you. Uh, and he's able to pick and choose on a given day which pitch he'd, he'd want to use. And but when he's at his best, it's, it's a pretty heavy sinker total. And then everybody's guessing based off of that. So uh, he's performed very well, obviously, for the Blue Jays. Uh, he's got a shot at uh, 200 innings tonight, uh, which would be a staff high. Uh, and also a very significant number, first time in his career. And look, when you do that, you're doing a lot of things right. He's already at a career high, uh, 20 uh, quality starts as well which is uh, near the top of, of the major leagues. And so he's really put together a very fine season in a number of different ways for the Blue Jays. How more impressive is it that he calls his own game too, Shy, With that funky well, I, little pitch-calling, pitch-com thing on the side of his belt. Yeah, it's, he actually saw Zach Greinke doing it, and he really liked the, he really liked the way Greinke did it, so he decided to kind of pick that up a little bit from him. Look, I think if he had his way, he wouldn't necessarily have to be doing it. But and you know he's gone through a few different pro- uh, approaches, and uh, you know I think of late is that he's been letting Alejandro Kirk put down the first sign, uh, or or push the first sign, and if he needs to make a change, then he'll make a, cha- a change uh, after that. But it's. He's he's a tough pitcher for any catcher to call because he's got so many weapons. He's super analytical. He's very particular about what what he wants to do, and he's generally got uh, an approach in mind for each hitter. But it, it is impressive. I mean, he's he's as intellectual a pitcher as you're going to come across, and you know, and because of the he doesn't have the big velocity. In some ways, he has to be. Uh, but he does a terrific job of maximizing everything that he does have. Have you noticed a difference in how games are called or anything with the pitchers here since Danny Jansen had gone down with injury and Alejandro Kirk has taken over everyday duties behind the plate? No, because a lot of that stuff is pre-planned. Danny Jansen is still involved in the pregame meetings with Alejandro Kirk. The, the two things that stick out about the job that Kirk has done is that he's appeared in every Blue Jays game this month, which is an incredible workload for a catcher. And he's caught all but 44 innings this month uh, that the Blue Jays have played, which 
tells you it's not just that he's coming in late in the games or pinch hitting or whatever. I mean, he's really carrying the load. And, you know, you think about how the Blue Jays, it's not, it wasn't an even split, but really worked to balance how much each of their catchers were playing and not putting too much on either one of them. And then Danny Jansen goes down and suddenly, all right, all right, Alejandro, like here's, here's the keys. Let's go. And he's responded and that he hasn't worn down late in games, which you could when you've got such a heavy jump in work, Uh, he's had, uh, had some nice offensive moments. He's OPS has been a bit higher than, than it's been all season long. So a really good stretch from him at a time where it was really important uh, but in terms of the specific, the game calling specific, I mean that's been fairly consistent. You know, the Blue Jays are veteran pitchers that they they know what they want to do. Uh, they're not going to suddenly just veer wildly uh, based on based on the catcher's whims. Shad Avidi, Blue Jays columnist uh, for Sportsnet, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, nine sixty, the fan. Um, should fans be concerned about Jordan Romano? I wouldn't say immensely. It's not necessarily a comfort, comforting feeling that he's had two blips in a row and uh, at least one of the outings he was looking at a, a cracked fingernail and maybe that was uh, an issue or maybe that's something that bothered him into the last outing. But closers are entitled to blips too, right? And there's just way more magnified when it's closer. I mean, he's still pumping upper 90s. He's still got a, a good slider. And you, you, you'd always want to just roll into the playoffs, everything being perfect. Uh, or maybe he's just getting it out of the system now and he'll be good to go uh, come October should the Blue Jays get there. So I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think there's any major reason for concern because, you know, stuff is still there. Execution hasn't been the past couple of times out. If it happens one or two more times, then, then maybe we're having a different conversation. But for now, uh, I would, you know, sort of hold the alarm bells off and uh, wait to see how he looks next time out. Um, if and when the Blue Jays make the playoffs, what's the plan for Yusei Kikuchi? Is he the guy who potentially starts a game four? Do you want the veteran, maybe in Hunjin Ryu? Do you get Kikuchi out of the bullpen to face lefties? What do you think the plan is for him, Shy? Hopefully, if the Blue Jays can get past that first round of the wild card. Yeah, I think a lot of it will depend on how they come out of that first round, right? Do they have to go the play all three games? Do they only play the two? And, you know, I've been debating this with uh, with our, our colleagues, uh, Ben Nicholson-Smith and Aaron Zwelling, the past couple of days. Like, what are you doing with your playoff roster for the wild card round? Are, are you going Are you going three starters because you're only playing three games or do you take a fourth just in case something happens to, to one of them early in the game and all of a sudden you've got a need for some length out of the bullpen it's uh it's a pretty interesting question i think how whatever order you know assuming kevin gosman doesn't have to pitch on sunday in the season finale then you're going gosman and then barrios and bassett in one whatever order uh and then you're safe, you, you've got you got a decision to make on Kikuchi with where you know do you have him in your bullpen just in case he's needed or it goes deep into extras or whatever the scenario may be, or do you leave him off the roster maybe take another position player and then have him ready to go for game one of a division series should you advance? 
they, that'll be a, a big talking point uh, for the Blue Jays internally. But, you know, one way or the other, he's going to play a, a pretty big role. I think uh, so much of it depends on how they come out of uh, both the regular season and a potential wild card. Um, so I've been kind of talking about this, and I know playing the Rays in the Trop is a nightmare fuel for Blue Jays fans, especially if it's the wild card round. But uh, it, would it be the worst thing in the world if they dropped down to that third spot and played the Twins in round one? Because I think that's just flat out a better matchup. You know, like you're getting Sonny Gray and Pablo Lopez game one, <laughs> two, and probably Joe Ryan in game three. And they've got some dudes who can hit homers. Like, I, I don't think this is... Uh, obviously, you look at the AL Central and you're like, okay, th- this is definitely junior varsity. And they're coming out of junior varsity, but in a three in a short three game series where you're not necessarily testing depth quite the way you do in the regular season, I, I that's that's not a comfortable matchup. Like they're, and they're look and they're no easy teams, right? The Rays are super beat up right now, and if Randy Rosarena can't go or is diminished, and Yandy Diaz isn't himself or is diminished, and yeah, they're already without Lau and without Wander Franco, and they've got like an all-star rotation that's on the injured list, and their bullpen is super beat up. I, I don't know that the the Twins is such a, a more attractive matchup. And you know, the other piece, it's like if you look at the numbers the last few years, the Trop hasn't been quite the house of horrors that people make it out to be. It's just got this reputation, and dumb games always happen there. But the Jays have actually been reasonably uh, played reasonably well. They were four and five there this year. They were similar uh, the past couple of years. It's not like they're they're still having those two and nine years or whatever. Uh, That that narrative, I think, it just exists in in our mind. It uh, it just sort of lasts. But it's not necessarily this terrible place as it has been in the past. Shai, how open does the American League feel? here for the Blue Jays, potentially. Obviously, the Orioles are a great team. The Rays are a great team. But outside of that, I think the Rangers can be got. Oh, I just talked about the Twins, although you talked about the top of their rotation. But it feels like the, the path, the World Series, is a lot more attainable in the American League than it is maybe in the National League. Yeah, I mean, there are no like top-heavy monsters like Atlanta and, and the Dodgers in the American League. And you're right. I do think it's wide open. You know, Baltimore... I know everyone keeps talking about Baltimore being vulnerable and obviously they don't have that elite ace, but you know, Bradish has been really good. Kramer can be super tough. Flaherty's all right. He's, he's got some been there, done that to him. Uh, and it's a good, it's a really good, difficult to deal with lineup. Uh, you know, if, if Batista isn't able to come back, obviously that's a major blow for the bullpen and they can't shorten games quite the same way. You know, Cano is obviously still, still really good. Uh, Fujinawa, you just, what are you getting every time out? And doesn't even know where it's going, but there's some Baltimore, I, I think is getting a little bit short, a little bit of short shrift or people are looking past them. Uh, I, I think they're going to be a tougher out than, than people are making out to be. Uh, and Texas, they haven't had the smoothest path, but you know, they they were also super injured when they went into that slide, and they're healthier now. Uh, Corey Seager is 
if he plays a full season, a pretty obvious AL MVP. You know, the injuries probably take him out of that mix and give it to Shohei Otani. But he's he's been tremendous. Simeon's really good. That lineup bangs all the way one through nine. Uh, if uh, if Scherzer can get himself into the mix, then that, that that's a pretty scary group too. But I do think every one of those teams is vulnerable, and I do think that anybody can get hot and run their way to the World Series, which is what makes the American League playoffs so intriguing this year. It feels strange coming off a couple games where the Jays haven't been able to score any runs against the Yankees, but they have been playing a little bit better against the AL East over the last month, couple months here. Has that changed how you feel about the Jays going up against a AL East opponent if they run into them in the postseason? Well, I mean, the one opponent that they haven't recovered against is the Baltimore Orioles, right? And, like, they were fine against Tampa Bay and and uh, and the Yankees. I think they were four and five against both of them coming into these final two weeks. And, you know, they won a couple series last week. They're going to lose one here to the Yankees. But, uh, you know, they didn't get smoked by the Yankees. They, they're not going to get smoked by the Rays. Uh, they were basically 500 with the Red Sox. It's just the Orioles that that's, that's the team that has just kept finding a way, finding a finding a way to keep them down. So that that's a matchup that depending on which track that the Blue Jays are on could loom for them. Should they advance? And maybe this is the time they figure out a way to slay the dragon or, or maybe, or maybe not. So uh, it, it's been, is really, I think the difference has come down to one team, and that that team is the one that they would have to go through should they get past uh, the wild card round. We got four games left in the regular season. The MLB made a lot of changes going into the year. Did any of the changes have more of an impact on the season than you thought it was going to? Well, I mean, the pitch clock has been so smooth and such a non-factor in terms of, you know, negatively impacting play on the field and a major uh, has had a major impact on quality of game and time of game and everybody's experience. Like they essentially really just threaded the needle and cut out all the stuff that you didn't want. Right. Like if you think about it, like, like what, what are you missing from games this year that you had last year that you're like, Oh, I really want that back. Like, oh, I, I missed that 30 minutes of dead time? Like, no, right? Yeah. It's, more uh, replays. Shy, I don't know about you, but I love yeah, when the more, pitcher throws. Or when a pitcher throws over the first seven times yeah. because the guy in the yeah, bullpen still needs to get warm. Yeah, yeah you know, like, I, we've seen increases in stolen bases, but it hasn't been a ridiculous increase. Uh, the shift has opened up things a little bit, but hasn't led to a floodgate of hits for left-handed hitters. I, I don't know. I just think they, and everybody's hesitant to give Major League Baseball credit, but they kind of got this one right. Yeah. You know, on, on all fronts. Like, everything is a little bit better. The time of game is a huge difference. And, like, there's nothing that you look at and say, oh, that change was really bad. I, I wasn't a big fan of the sh- uh, limiting the shift. I was like, well, you know, make hitters adjust their way out of it. But teams can still sort of shift, um, and and it's not making a major difference, and uh, or hasn't been a, uh, like a, this noticeable change where you're like, ooh, I don't like this. Uh, 
I just think that all of them combined, it's just been a really strong package that has just made for a better product. Uh, the only thing missing now is robot umps, right? With the strike zone. That's what we're missing, right? Uh, you know, I go back and forth on that. I, I, I don't know if I'd want full robot umps, but I don't mind. I think I like the ABS challenge system where, you know, you give a team a certain, uh, a certain number of challenges per game and that you're still you still have a human being there. You're still uh, you you've got you're staying closer to what the game is instead of just making it uh, completely completely tech uh, tech oriented. Uh, but you also give teams an opportunity to correct egregious errors. Hmm. Like I get the whole like in traditionalist, but didn't that go out the window once we put the pitch clock in? Like, well, you can't be half pregnant, right? Let's just go all in now, Shy, because some of those, um, some of those calls in the Blue Jays game, even like we've seen it all season, balls that are clearly um, balls are calling strikes. And again, this isn't this isn't all like crap on the umpires. It's just guys throw so much harder than they ever have in the history of the game. It's hard to be an umpire. It's hard when that ball has so much movement on it and it's being thrown in the high 90s miles an hour, even triple digits. It's hard to be an umpire. And I think if they can do it in tennis, they can absolutely, they can, they can mark a serve that's hit 134 miles an hour. They can get it within three millimeters. I think we can do that here in baseball as well. I just think since the pitch clock is here, we're already here. We might as well go all in then. So uh, the counter argument to that is that if you get if you call, if you get that box, the laser box, you just completely go full robot umpire. Yeah, is that you're getting some strikes that you probably don't want strikes, and then you're allowing hitters to control a zone in a way where he, I think you're making it very difficult for pitchers uh, because there are just these pitches that you. If you uh, have a bit more of a, a looser interpretation of the strike zone, or you're, you're sort of working through the shadow zone, that those are pitches that you might get uh, that make a huge difference in outings. And so, you know, the the pitches right on the corners right now, generally pitchers don't get. You turn those into strikes, and those are pitches that hitters can do nothing with, right? Mo- like essentially, the strike zone is a bit more the way that it's called is a bit more of an oval. Now, do we want to change that? Do we like hitters are so good. They'll be able to just spit on those pitches that are just like half an inch off the plate. And are we going to end up with a ton of walks? Uh, That's why I lean a little bit more towards Mm. the ABS system. Like let's just correct egregious errors. You know, umpires are generally in the like 95 to 97% region when they're calling games, like, those guys are really good as much as we dump on them. Like let, let's give hitters an opportunity to correct egregious errors and not completely hand the game over to, hmm. to, to the computers just yet. I think Aaron Boone would be all in on that. Uh, shy. Uh, <laughs> he's not the biggest fan of the strike zone. Shy should be an interesting uh, few weeks here. Hopefully, hopefully there's a deep run in the future of the Toronto blue Jays. that just make everyone's job a lot more enjoyable and fun to cover the team. Thanks for this pal. Yeah, no problem, guys. Take care. Uh, There's Shai Davidi, Blue Jays, and MLB columnist for Sportsnet on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Um, You hate to share news like this, but uh, we'd be doing a disservice to our listeners if we didn't mention it. Uh, Kelsey Snow on Twitter uh, tweeting about 
22 minutes ago. Uh, tests yesterday confirmed that Chris will not wake up in life. Chris offered his body to a clinical trial to help others. In death, he will do the same. He remains on life support while organ donation is arranged. We are so proud of him. So just sad, devastating news um, from Kelsey Snow this morning uh, when it comes to uh, Chris Snow. Thinking about the family, thinking about, you know, everyone that's kind of been close to Chris and everything that he meant to this organization as ALS. And he fought it so hard since he was diagnosed in 2019. Um, Yeah, this is a sad day for the organization. Yeah, it's a sad day for everyone uh, in the city, in the hockey community. Um, Again, just such a terrible disease. And uh, again, we, we need to do our best. I try to beat I, this thing. I would encourage people to visit rightsidestrong.org um, just to learn more. Uh, just uh, some very, very sad news. Uh, straight ahead, we'll do our NFL big bets, and uh, we'll do that Tyrrell Hatton thing. Uh, try to put a positive spin on your day with some very, very sad news. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. We'll wrap up the show with uh, Tyrrell Hatton being one of us on the golf course, at least. Does something I'm a big fan of. A lot. Bit of a potty mouth. A lot, a lot, a lot. A lot, a lot. Um, but first, um, week four already in the National Football League. Where does the time fly? Down a is month. That, isn't it where does the time go? Time flies when you're having fun. Did you slap a couple phrases there? Where does the time go? Where does the time fly? Same thing. Did we have the extra and outro conversation on oh, the air? Or was no, that we off didn't. the air? It's oh, not okay. outro, please. <laughs> it's not for the love of God. Because it feels like the exact same thing. No, it's so. not outro. It's extra in broadcasting. This was. I am very passionate about this yes, topic. I know. Do I, do I have to send you a pic of my no, diploma? No, no, no. Do I, I don't have to need show, to... Do I have to send it to you? No. Hey, we're both in the same room. I don't have a diploma, but we're no, both in this true. room. That's true. All right. Time for, saying... NFL, uh, time for NFL Big Bets, and it's brought to you by SportsElect. Prove your sports IQ and claim the title with SportsElect Pools. Make your picks at SportsElect.com. Must be 18 plus. Please play responsibly. Show me the money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Gambling? Who say anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. That's a fact. What uh, what wrestler was that? Here comes the money, Patrick. Here That's Shane McMahon. Oh, right. Shane O'Mac. That was his theme song. Shane O'Mac. One of the biggest goofs to step in the ring. And the guy like didn't have to do that, like jump off like ladders and stuff. No, the, like, that, that's exactly what I mean. Like, yeah. what are you doing? You do not look like you're in enough shape to be doing some twice. of the stunts that you are doing. Uh, Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania against Undertaker a few years ago when yep. he came back after like 10 years away. It's crazy. Is the Undertaker officially retired? Yes, he's officially never he, coming back. He has a, a, a one night, uh, like a, a one man show that he does. He tours around the. Every so often doing like a comedy show and what? a little like a cha- it's what? Weird. He does like a one man thing. Like people go pay tickets, see the Undertaker talk. I thought his bit do was stories. He didn't do that. He doesn't do comedy. Sorry, it's, it's just a, he <laughs> cool. just does stories yeah. and just talks about. Oh yeah, those one on ones. They got stories. Yeah, yeah. But the amount of money I'd pay to watch the Undertaker stand up set just a oh tight a, a tight five. 
Mick, yeah. Fo- Mick Foley's the stand-up. <laughs> Mick Foley's a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. That I can believe. Yeah. That Does makes sense. Out Socko? That makes a oh, lot I'm of sure sense. I'm sure he breaks home Mr. Socko and dude love character. And, yeah. How would you bye like bye. to get Socko'd, George? The, the old dirty sock claw. in your mouth? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's defi- either that or I'm Rikishi. definitely choking it's, on it's this. It's either you got to deal with mankind's Mr. Socko mandible claw or Rikishi stink face. Rikishi the stink face. You'd rather that? No, 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 no. Okay. I don't want any of that. Just give me some sweet chin. And, and, he, yeah, would, yeah. and he would take <laughs> yeah. some liberties with people when he did that. Yeah. Um, RKO me, please. Oh yeah, greatest cutter around. Uh, after uh, three weeks, Matt in the lead, eleven six and one, impressive. Patrick, 10, 7, and 1. Me, 10, and 8. It's tight. Solid. Tight. Not good week last week, though, boys. No, but we're all over 5, honey. Mm-hmm. We so, went uh, 5, honey. No uh, losing weeks last week. Let's get to the games. It's the Thursday nighter tonight at the Frozen Tundra at Lambeau Field. The Packers, uh, underdogs. Detroit Lions, one and a half point favorites. The total, 45 and a half, Matty. Do you remember last year, anytime the Bengals showed up in this segment there was an easy choice for your boy who day follow the tiger eye of the tiger etc etc <laughs> we're going with the heart of the lion this year i don't think i'm gonna bet against dam campbell's lions except for that one time that they were like a six and a half point favorite and i said no way but point and a half point and a half against two. the packers two now two points yeah basically the same thing against the pack lambo i'm in lions minus two it's, Done. It's got to be probably going on 30 years or more since the last time the Detroit Lions were favored at Lambeau. Wow. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but it feels like it. It's been a long time since the Lions were favored at Lambeau. Uh, I'm going to take the t- Packers plus two. I, I like the way Jordan loves playing. He's got that confidence. Is it two building. or one and a half? It's Homer two. Trick. It's yeah. two. Take the Packers plus two. Jordan Love was feeling it there in that fourth quarter. He's going to be getting his number one receiver in Christian Watson back tonight. Aaron Jones can help that running game out so much. I know there's the injuries on the offensive line. It's a primetime game for Detroit, and this is a big game. Everybody built Detroit up there. 1-0 in their primetime game already. They beat Wynn to Kansas City in one. Now they got to go into Lambeau. But I don't know. This is a big swing game. Like with The way Ross explained it, like, you can be 3-1 and one in this NFC North. You're pretty much guaranteeing yourself a playoff spot in the NFC North if you win this game and go 3-1. Well, I think that's a little early. I don't know. That. I don't know. I think you, you get your, your one-up on the Lions or one-up on the Packers. You get yeah. that person the tie. It's big with how bad the Vikings and Bears are. Huge game in the NFC North. I'll take the Packers plus two. I uh, I hate the fact that I agree with you guys. One of the things I have is one of my staples in, in wagering on the NFL, which is impossible is uh, the Packers' uh, better defense in the division getting points at home. And that's the exact situation here. The Packers' defense is better than the Lions' defense. They're also really banged up. They're missing two linebackers. They are banged up. Jair Alexander and not being there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no Devondre Campbell. Do what I was the looking big man at. in the middle. You, I, you know I, what? I was looking at the under until I chose the Lions. You know what? I'm going total. I'm going to go over the 45 and a half. All okay, right. there it is. I think there'll be some points in this game. I don't think Jared will be goffle. I think he'll be good. I think he's going to throw the ball a lot to Amon Ross St. Brown. He doesn't have Jair Alexander to worry about. I like that. I like that matchup. I think the Packers uh, can put some points up on the Lions. I'm getting a lot of Lions and Seahawks vibes for this game in week two. Mm. Probably a lot of points tonight. And the weather is going to be beautiful tonight. Perfect. At Lambeau Field. Weather will not be a factor whatsoever. And it shouldn't. We're still in September. Mm-hmm. Goff amazing. Goff Mendes. No. No, no, no. Nah. Uh, 
Thank you. What's that? Three today? My uh, goodness. Let's let's jump the let's jump over time the for pond. me to go home. Let's get over the pond to foggy London town. Funding. It is the Atlanta. F- what? what? What were you gonna say? <laughs> I just threw the mic. Are you okay? Dog, he's tapping up. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons uh, against Jacksonville. Jacksonville minus three. The total, 45, 43 and a half, Matty. I would like to play the under. Okay. I'm putting in the under. Are you saying because there's going to be a ton of running the football with the Falcons? Sure. <laughs> Give a why are you taking the under? I I don't love the Falcons offense. I think Desmond Ritter is yeah. being overblown Oof. to say the least. <laughs> Plus this Jags Who's offense. hyping up Desmond no, Ritter? No, I don't think anybody's really <laughs> hey hyping man, him up. I heard some Desmond Ritter hype. At, they're they're his, what? They're 2-1? and one? His Where? fourth quarter against Green Bay was pretty impressive, but he's not quite there. But I'm I just don't know. saying. And the Jags offense has been putrid compared to what we expected of them. Is I'm going Des- the under. Is there Desmond Ritter hype like there's Kyle Pitts hype? Like non-existent? <laughs> uh, I don't know. All right, you're but taking the under. He's been playing pretty well, but mm. also I'm like, yeah, that's still the Falcons. He doesn't throw the ball. 43 and a half under. Okay, what do you got? I think I'm most excited to see the uh, the Toy Story game. That yeah. Playing yeah. Seven, uh, as well as <laughs> streaming along. I just want to see how, how Woody and Buzz and, and, you know, Slink get all involved in this. Slink. And everybody, Shadow, you know, uh, Mr. Potato Head, T-Rex. Mrs. Potato Head, Rex, you know. Yeah. Uh, the Pig, voiced by, uh, what the heck, the guy from uh, Cheers. I forget his name. Ted the Manson? No, the Mailman. What's his name? Porky. John Ratzenberger? Yes, John Ratzenberger. Porky, yes. John Ratzenberger. There you go. Yeah, no, I'm really I, more I excited to see that. I almost went through the entire cast. I like I the RC car. I like the RC car. He's my favorite. The RC car? Yeah, Woody RC. Harrelson. RC. Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Uh, Could have kept going. Oh, God. Um, what, Ted who is, Danson? Who is Danny DeVito dating? Rio Perlman? Yeah, there you go. You know. <laughs> Carla? Yeah, Carla. <laughs> Mr. Potato Head? <laughs> but yeah, uh, to the score. Sorry, I'll, who are you taking? Who am I taking? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Woody. Uh, no, uh, I'll take the Jags. Uh, his name was Ham, not Porky. Ham, that's it. Ham, thank you. I'll take the Jags uh, minus three. It's get right week for the Jaguars. I think this is their new home. They're going to be there the next two weeks. Uh, so yeah, Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, get used to London. Uh, Jaguars, get used three. to London. Like, <laughs> these first two games. Time to learn English, buddy. <laughs> Uh, these first two games, very difficult, uh, but I am going to take, and I hate it, I'm going to take the Jags minus three. Mm. I think it is a get-right spot. Yep. I think they were embarrassed last week by oh, the yeah. Texans at home. The offense looks a little disjointed right now. I think this potentially could be a big game for Travis Etienne. Mm-hmm. I like the Jags. That minus, defense on Atlanta ain't great. No, minus the three points. All right, an AFC North showdown in the land. It's the Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns. Brownies minus three. The total 40 and a half, Matty. Uh, I hate watching Miles Garrett this season. He's so incredibly good. <laughs> it is so frustrating to watch. But that being said. One of my favorite players. I'm still going to go with the Ravens here. Ooh, Ravens plus three. I you make um, a Raven noise. Uh, I, I don't like the uh, Browns <laughs> offense at all. Deshaun Watson, no thanks. Uh, Lamar Jackson's having a pretty tidy start to his year. Uh I'm going to go with the Browns or the, the Ravens here minus three. Give me or them plus three. Pardon me, they're also getting points. Give me them uh, Browns uh, minus three. This might be the first time since the Browns came back that they have a better defense than Baltimore. That Ravens defense is beat up. I thought Deshaun Watson did some good last week against that Titans team that's really fallen off a ton. Uh, want to see more of the running game going on? Jerome Ford got involved, two touchdowns, but it wasn't enough on the run game. I think Cleveland can get that game going. 
They're gonna be they're a good team. The Browns are a really good mm-hmm. bunch. I know even without the Nick Chubb. The defense is good. And I if Deshaun Watson and that O can just get going. Amari Cooper, legit, man. He's having a hell of a start to the year. I like the Browns to cover the minus three. You know what? I'm going to be on the total train again. I think 40 and a half is a little light. Mm. I think potentially we yeah. could see a little more points in this game than maybe uh, you'd think. I think, the, I think the Ravens can have some success on the ground against uh, Cleveland. Although the Browns defense is playing incredible, I think Cleveland can throw the ball on Baltimore. I'm going to lean the over on this one. 40 and a half. It's our NFL Big Bets brought to you by Sports Select. Three games down, three to go. The game of the week, no question. Mm-hmm. Ross Tucker talked about it. The Miami Dolphins, the greatest show on surf, which I like, <laughs> in the below to face the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo minus three, the total 53 and a half, Maddie. I'm going over here. I don't know if I need to explain a whole lot much more past that. I thought the Bill's defense was good against the commander's offense last week, but you're trifling with a different creature. This like dolphin ocean 11 greatest show on surf, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. They're fast. They're skilled. They, they are extremely fast. Yeah. Like of the top five fastest times recorded in the NFL season, they belong to three separate dolphins. (laughs) Yep. They're fast. Yep. I'm going to take the total. I'm going to go over it. Uh, I don't know if either. I, I'm not going to lean either way. This is the toughest test the Dolphins have had thus far. Let's see how they do. Yeah, this is the first uh, real test for the Dolphins. They'll have the Eagles in a few weeks. Then they'll have the Chiefs. So we're really going to start to see how good this well, Dolphins team can be. Winning in Foxborough, it's not easy. That's a big, no, going into Foxborough on a Sunday night against Belichick's defense. That's a big one. This how much can you learn from that game against Denver? Yeah, they scored 70. That offense can move. Denver's in shambles. But I do really like the Dolphins, the way they protected Tua this year. He's got the exact same stats as he did last year through, through three games. Hopefully he stays healthy. Dolphins are for real, man. I think they can go into old Ralph and mm. beat them. Dolphins cover the three. Old Ralph. Highmark Stadium? Yeah, they don't call it that anymore. Uh, what is it called now? It's Highmark. Highmark. I called it Ralph Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They used to be, yeah, used to be uh, Rich, Rich Stadium, Stadium the, uh, back in the day. The grocery chain? Uh, bread. Bread, okay. Rich bread, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Very interesting conversation <laughs> we're having. Uh, 53 and a half. I got to take, I'm going to bite. I'm going to bite on the over. That thing is going to tick up, I think, more before um, kickoff. Jump on Everybody now. in there. This is such a chalky chalk call. This is such a Joe Public play. Take the over in what? this game, Joe Public. <laughs> I'm uh, Joe Pubic yes. right now. Um, <laughs> Joe Public play 53 and a half. I'm going to take over the total. This one's an interesting game. Yeah. The New England Patriots in Dallas to play the Cowboys. The boys minus six and a half point favorites, Maddie. The total 43 and a half. I'm going to go under here. I think that this Cowboys defense is still extremely good despite losing one of the top corners in the league and not having an outstanding showing last week, but that's fine. I'm still going to ride with them. Also, I don't love the Patriots' offense. Their defense is strong enough that I think they can slow down Dak and the rest of this Cowboys' offense. I'm going to take the under on this one. Man, I love Bill Belichick's defenses. They know how to play. They know to get up for these type of games. I think the Patriots are going to keep this one closer than the experts think. They cover that six and a half in the words of Lee Corso. Okay, uh, like it. Um, Oh, boy. Uh, This is a tough game here. Do I go total? Do I take Dallas? I don't know. I, I think that defense is going to have a, a field day against the Patriots. I think Michael Parsons is going to get into the grill. 
of Mac Jones, but six and a half seems like a lot. I'm going to take the Patriots mm. plus the six and a half on the road. And I hate, I hate this card this week, by the way, which probably means I'll do well because I hate it so much. <laughs> Last week, who did I love? Washington. Yeah. Got their doors blown off by the Bills. And they sure Loved did. That. You know what? I leaned to Denver. Got crushed like a grape. So maybe Because maybe I hate this card. I'll do well. So I'm going to take the Patriots getting six and a half. Finally, the Sunday nighter. Is is she or isn't she going to be at the game? And you know who we're talking about. Kansas City Chiefs at MetLife to play the New York Football Jets. Kansas City nine and a half point favorites. The total, Maddie, forty two and a half. Yeah, I'm going all over the Chiefs here. The Jets are disappointing. I think if the NFL could have flexed this game out, they would have. But it's too early in the season. They might for not have because of Taylor Swift now. Mm, okay, that's a fair point by you. <laughs> but nevertheless, I am going to enjoy watching, much like Taylor, the Chiefs destroy the Jets. Minus nine and a half, nine and a half I'm, I'm in. Chiefs are going to win this game. Um, they could easily cover it. They might cover it. They're probably going to cover it, but I like the under. I think the Jets can't score. Mm. They just have no offense. Uh, they might be able to get a field goal here and there. I don't think it's going to be like a 41-3 style game like the Chiefs did to the Bears, but I'm thinking like a 30-7 to type game. We'll go with the under, under, under the 42 and a half. Oh, boy. Um, this is another tough one. I'm going to lay the points. I'll take the Chiefs minus nine and a half because right. I have absolutely no feel on this game, and I hate it. I hate all my picks. <laughs> I hate this card. <laughs> like, I have no feel on anything this week. Like I almost put I'm, in, I'm, I almost I, put Indian LA in here, and you would have had to pick the Colts minus one or Rams plus one. Oh man! So it, the, the lines are not. But at great. least that's a pick 'em. The Vikings are minus four and a half against Carolina. Yeah, they probably get the win. I can't believe we didn't have the Bears and Broncos. I know we should have had it just for the hell of it. Such a terrible. Game. You want to pick Ugh. it just for the hell of it? No. no. Okay. No, we're Broncos not doing are three that. and a half point Jinx. favorites. We don't do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's our NFL Big Bets brought to you by Sports Select. Prove your sports IQ and claim the title with Sports Select Pools. Make your picks at sportselect.com. Must be 18 plus. Please play responsibly. That pool was enormous last week with the enormous up- upsets in the National Football League. Got about uh, three and a half minutes to go before we hand things over to a mucho big show. Um, the Ryder Cup is this weekend. Yes. Uh, in Rome. Tea time started like 11.45. Uh, great great late night golf watching in <laughs> Calgary, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> but uh, the uh, the Americans haven't won on European soil since 1993. Do they break the streak this year? Who knows? But uh, Tyrrell Hatton, uh, a member of Team Europe, of course, one of the best players on the planet. Uh, he's also uh, a bit of a potty mouth. Mm. He also gets a little fiery on the golf course. He was asked about that yesterday during his media avail at the Ryder Cup in Italy. Excuse the flippancy, but who would win in a swear-off between you and John? Who's got the best expletives? I don't understand why John doesn't swear in Spanish. Like, (laughs) why does he swear in English? I don't don't get it. He'd probably get away with it if he just swore in Spanish, but... um, But, yeah, maybe the English language um, has a bit more punch to it with certain words. I I think I'd probably win in a swear-off. Yeah, I think I've got, I've got everyone covered when it comes to that. You've <laughs> got an extensive repertoire. Yeah. Yeah. No, just any time of day, anywhere. <laughs> Good. No holding back on. No holding back. Any circumstance, no holding back. Doesn't matter what we're doing. I'm swearing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
On, on that note, thanks for joining us, Cyril. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Have a wonderful day. I'm a big fan of uh, some of those letter words. Oh, Cheers. yeah. Cheers, guys. Big fan. Have a wonderful yeah. day. Um, that's it for F us. Off. F off. Um, we got a special show tomorrow for you. Mm. Oh, man. Actually, today was pretty, like, blockbuster. Ross Tucker, Jeff Merrick, Shai Davidi. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Michael Backlund was on the 21st Captain in the Calgary Flames. Yeah, a big one. Apparently, um, Frank Saravalli is joining us in studio tomorrow. Yeah, he's in the province. So um, He's in the city now. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Uh, big Frank uh, from NHL Daily Faceoff will be in studio tomorrow. What do you got coming up on Mucho Big Show? Uh, we're going to revisit uh, our conversation with Jeff Merrick, Michael Backlund. That was a really uh, really awesome conversation, obviously, with uh, what's been going on in town lately and with uh, with Backlund signing and getting the captaincy. It's a big time here with the, with the Calgary Flames. Yeah, it's exciting times. Um, they play the Battle of Alberta Friday night down at the Dome. Yeah. Preseason puck. What's the crowd going to be like for that game? I think it's going to be a little bit more juice in it. You know, it's a Friday night battle of Alberta. Like, I, I don't think the Oilers are going to send a, a ton of talent because they had, you know, they had the McDavid and Drysdale. Everybody he scored played a last beauty night. Goal last night. Well, of in course, of course he did. <laughs> but, <laughs> against the AHL uh, Abbotsford Canucks, guys. It's McDavid. How are you not in his hip pocket in three on three? Right. Figure it out. Like, come on. <laughs> okay, but also he's very hard. To, to keep track of. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I agree. He's hard to track down, 100%. There was way too long of a pause. There, there was, was a big pause. Bit. It was a little pregnant. Get out of here. Speaking of break. Um, okay. Um, we got to go. Uh, again, uh, all thoughts and prayers uh, to the Snow family uh, during this extremely difficult time. Um, hug the ones you love. Uh, that's it for us. We will talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu. Sit. Good dog.